episode of Rambler Radio, episode number 83. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for clicking on this episode. Do me a favor. Let me know what you're doing while you're listening to this. I've always been curious what uh, the listeners of this podcast do while they consume my podcast. For me, I'm always like, I'm either driving, walking, cooking, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think about the, those three, I think driving, walking, cooking, is there anything else? I don't, I don't think so. That's usually my time to look, to consume podcasts. So let me know, go to the YouTube channel. If you're not, you subscribed on the YouTube channel, come hang out and let me know in the comments what you do while you listen to Ramblin' Radio. I'd love to know. Maybe you're editing, maybe you're, hell, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Let me know. But we got a great topic of conversation today, something that I don't think I've touched on specifically. I think it's been a part of another episode maybe, and that is all about what to do when you are completely broke, you don't have money to either get going in this journey, whether you are freelancing, whether you are, um, I'll touch on selling digital products and things like that because a lot of people are struggling with money when they need to start paying for things that are going to make them money and they have, a tr- they have trouble kind of justifying those investments even if it is going to give them an ROI and, and all that good stuff. So what do I recommend if you're completely broke and, and how to get going in, on this journey? And I'm going to touch on the freelancer stuff. I'm going to touch maybe on some digital product stuff. Who, who knows where this conversation is going to go? But I think it's important because anybody can get started doing this. And it really has to do with a few key elements that I'm going to be covering in this episode. But before we do, we are only days away from my three-day live workshop. It's 100% free. And if you're not in it yet, you need to get in this thing because I'm giving away a lot, a lot, a lot of free content that is going to help you get out of this dead end freelancer mode. And I've been talking about it pretty much all week of why this is important and why you need to start thinking as a creative business owner and not just a freelancer. Because here's the thing, right? First of all, why do we get started with our creative business? Usually, and I've talked about this before, Usually it's because we don't want to work for anybody else and we want freedom, right? But what ends up happening is over a period of time, in the beginning, it's all fun and games, right? I don't know if anybody, getting started is probably one of the hardest parts, right? But then when we get started and we get going, it's like, ooh, yeah, this is fun. Like it's all that you can think about. It's this new fun thing that's so fresh and enjoyable. But then there's this switch that happens and you start getting either more clients or you start working harder because there's more responsibilities and you continue to grow. And there's a switch that happens where you start to resent it. You start to get burnt out. You start to not enjoy this business anymore. And what happens is if we are in this freelancer mentality and our entire business depends on our output, or or excuse me, our input. It depends on our effort to run. If we walked away from our business, so think about this for a second. If you walked away from your creative business, you walked away and did nothing for a month, what would happen? 
would it still produce results? Would you still be making money? And if the answer is no, then you don't have a business. You have a job and you work for yourself, but it's still a job. There's no detachment. So what this workshop is all about is, is what separates this freelancer from the creative business owner. Someone that's doing $50,000 as a freelancer versus someone that's doing half a million dollars as a creative business owner. What are those essential elements that you need? What are the things that you should be focusing on that's gonna move the needle forward versus the things that aren't very important that you're maybe hiding behind because it's more comfortable. And to give it to you straight, my fully transparent, no bullshit answer for you or, or statement for you to, to think about. If you're not trying to separate yourself from your own creative business, if you're not trying to escape the job to build something that's going to end up creating more jobs for other people, then starting this creative business is not for you. Then you should go get a job. And some people do. Some people go, they, they become a creative director for another company. Um, they become a filmmaker or a content creator for another company and things like that. That's amazing. And you should definitely go and do that. But if you're trying to work for yourself, then this freelancer thing is, there's gonna be a point where it becomes a dead end. Is, is my answer to you. And you might not be thinking about this right now, and that's totally okay, but you need to start at some point. And this workshop is going to unveil the curtain as to how to think that way and how to start building this machine that's going to allow you to continue producing revenue, continue producing results with, with or without you. And that's a really beautiful thing. And also provide jobs for other people. So if that speaks to you, get inside of this workshop ASAP because we get started March 2nd. It's only days away. It's coming up very closely. Go to www.zachrevinscoach.com slash attract sell scale 2021 to click the link in the description and I'll see you there. Now, let's get into the episode. How do we get started if we are completely broke, right? And there's a couple of ways for me to approach this because we have people that are just getting started that don't have any money to really get going, but they also don't have bills and responsibilities. So that's one person. And the other person is someone that is living paycheck to paycheck or is broke, but still has bills and responsibilities to pay. And they are really feeling that stress and that pressure. Okay, these are two different situations and I'm gonna kinda of touch, I hope I touch on both and give it to you straight because there's two people here that might be listening to this and you might relate to one, you might be one of those people versus the other. And so I wanna make sure that I answer both of those because I'll touch on my start because I didn't have those responsibilities. I was lucky in that aspect or blessed in that aspect where I lived with my parents. I didn't have bills. I had some, I mean, some bills and things like that. Um, eventually I got my own car. And so I had, I started getting, you know, I got the car insurance, the gas, you know, all those, those things and whatnot. But other than that, it was very, like a very little responsibility. So what I recommend in, in getting started, and this is kind of how I did things. Um, number one, if you're really, broke and you don't have any money whatsoever, 
this is where you need to start getting scrappy. And it comes down to your commitment, right? Not many people talk about the commitment aspect. And I think it's a conversation that needs to be had um, deeply. Because if you're telling me that you can't come up with maybe $90 or 100 bucks to rent a camera, or you can't go out and become resourceful to borrow your friend's equipment or come up with some type of solution. If you're not scrappy enough to come up with some type of solution to at least get your hands on something that is going to make you money, then you should not be doing this at all. I'm gonna tell you just this, not that something else isn't in your future, but creating, either starting your own business or becoming a creative and picking up a camera to work with clients and things like that, you're not cut out for it in this specific aspect, right? Because you're not fully committed in doing it. You know, if I, if you, I mean, think about it. Like if you really want something, you're gonna do whatever it takes to get it. You, you just are, and that's full 100% commitment. You're gonna get your hands dirty and you're gonna do what it takes. So number one, step number one is you gotta get scrappy you gotta become resourceful and you have to figure out a solution to get your hands on some type of equipment, whatever it is that you need in order to start start on this journey and start producing results. And, and that could even be a membership to some type of software that you need to make money. So if you're in e-commerce, if you're selling digital products and things like that, you need software to produce revenue because you need to host those products. You need, you need to send emails to people. You need to send sales emails. You have to create landing pages, all those things. So it's, it's, there's two, there's, you, you get it in both sides. There, there have, you have to pay for some stuff in order to produce revenue, but this is an ROI. It's a return on an investment. And especially on the digital product side, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, these programs like a Kajabi, for example, um, I, I use Kajabi for all of my digital products, for my courses and things like that. Um, if you have no idea what that is, I'll, I'll put a link in the description that you can check out. But a lot of people are hesitant to pay for Kajabi because it's like $150 a month. And so you're like, well, oh, I, I, I can't pay for that. But it does everything that you need it to do under all under one roof entirely. And you're not going to have to get anything else, right? When you add up all the things that you need in the digital product side, it's gonna equal 100 to $150 a month. And on top of that, if you do try to skimp out and do it on the cheap side and, and get all of these little one-off products and combine them together, you're gonna to have problems and issues and things aren't gonna connect and it's gonna be this big fuss and you just wasted all that time versus you spending a little bit of money knowing that you're gonna get that return back because you are. When you have things in place and it saves you time and you have the energy to create and do the things that you need to do to put that product out, etc. you're going to get a return on investment and you're gonna get a bigger return by putting in a little bit more money for the easier solution. So how can we get scrappy? How can we become resourceful to get this type of equipment? Do you need to get a part-time job? Do you need to 
do some babysitting on the weekends, obviously, maybe not right now because I'm filming this during COVID, but maybe get a, a, a job at a coffee shop on the weekends. Do whatever it takes, get scrappy. So that's number one. Number two, and this is kind of the no-brainer obvious answer, but number two is to raise your prices. Raise your prices. It's the easiest way to start getting paid more for what you do. Raise your damn prices, all right? Now, I've, I think I've talked about this story once, maybe on this podcast, I don't remember. But to give you an example of why you need to let go of this not being able to raise your prices because of some self-worth or limiting belief deep down, and that's not what this podcast is about, um, we can talk about that. But I want to give you a story, an experience that I went through that really slapped me across the face in a good way uh, to not doubt myself in what I'm able to do. So to paint you a picture, I was working with a lot of fitness influencers, doing a lot of content for them at the time. And I had an opportunity to work with a really big time influencer. I'm not gonna name names, but I had an opportunity to work with someone that I respected, that was um, someone that was just majorly successful in the industry, and it was a great opportunity. But this person needed me to work every single day, uh, needed me to film videos for this person and edit them very, very quickly, very fast turnaround time, and the budget was very low. Um, I think it was like two, 250 bucks per video, very low budget, um, and many, many, many of them, right? Now, I was living with my parents, didn't have bills to pay, and so I wasn't in survival mode, and this is a huge point that I wanna make in this podcast as well, because there's a difference between being in survival mode and making decisions from that place versus not being in survival mode and making decisions in, in, from that place, right? That's two different situations. And I get it. Being in survival mode and doing whatever it takes to pay your bills and, and you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck, believe me, I get it. That's a lot of stress. And to make decisions from that place is, is a lot, it makes a lot more sense to make decisions from that place when you're, when you're actually living it, right? You're, you're living those daily stresses and whatnot. But let me just paint you a picture here. So I'm not in survival mode. I don't have bills responsibilities to pay for. But it was still an opportunity. And this person was also using their influence. I think they had, I think they had 800,000 followers at the time. Now they have well over a million. Um, but they were using their influence to also attract me and try to get me as a content creator for this person because they're gonna shout me out and try to build my, my personal brand as well. And that was intriguing to me because I was trying to build my personal brand and this person knew it. So this person is using their influence also to lower the budget to not have to pay um, as much as if they didn't have that influence, right? So long story short, I ended up saying no, because I knew that this was a low, low deal. And I also knew 
and, and this kind of touches on, you know, should you work for free for followers or, or not? I knew that this person's audience, if I wanted to monetize my personal brand, would I be able to monetize the personal brand with their followers? First of all, would I get their followers? Number one, I don't know, they might not like the stuff that I have going on. And number two, would I then be able to turn those followers into customers when I decide to monetize my personal brand? And I thought, mm, probably, probably not. We're in two different industries. So let's, let's, let's work on building the business of me as a content creator, as a filmmaker, and not work on building just the audience, building a following, and just primarily focusing on that. Um, okay, so I said no. I shit you not, a few weeks, a couple weeks later, I, I don't know how long, but very, very short window, I ended up getting another opportunity with another fitness influencer that was for one video where I made more money with that one video than I would have with that other influencer for the 10 videos that this person was gonna have me created or 14 videos, whatever it was, there's a lot of videos. And I, would, I made more money or the same amount, I, I can't remember exactly, but I made the same or more, which is one video. And it wouldn't have happened, it would not have happened if I said yes because the two projects would have conflicted with each other. And so if I would have said yes, I would have said no to this better opportunity. Did I dodge a bullet there? I don't know. I think the first opportunity still, it would have been an opportunity, still would have continued to up-level my career, but was it really something that played a part in my bigger vision? And, and, the, and the answer is probably no. No, it didn't. And so this brings me to my next point of making decisions in survival mode versus not survival mode. This was easy for me, and I don't want to make you feel bad if you are in survival mode, okay? I, mean, I, I want you to understand this was much easier of a decision for me to make because I had no responsibility. So I was thinking bigger vision. But this is also why it's so important, even if you're in survival mode, how can you, what is the big picture here? What are, what are you saying yes to versus what are you saying no to? Whenever you say no, you're saying, yeah, you're, you're opening up a yes to something else. And whenever you're saying yes, you're always saying no to something else. You're always opening doors and closing doors. And it's up to you and your responsibility to open the doors that make sense for you long-term. So number one, get scrappy if you need to. Number two, raise your prices. Number three, make decisions based on your vision and try not to be in reaction mode, right? Reaction mode is this like, oh shit, I gotta make money. Let me do this quick thing. And what happens is we continue to do the quick thing. It starts to become this cycle and then we get trapped, right? That's a big reason why I think a lot of you are continuing to do these smaller projects, these 500, 800, $900 client projects, um, and, and also having a lot of responsibility within those projects because people that are paying that little, let's be honest, those are the types of people that are trying to squeeze the most out of you because that's like, that's a lot of money for them versus the, the person 
that spends $10,000, $20,000 on you and doesn't ask any questions, just sends you over the check, right? There's a meme going around that says like, you know, the $500 client, yeah, so I'm going to need you here at this time. If you're late, that's a big problem. And you're, you're going to have to turn in the project in 17 hours, 17 and a half hours. And he's still look like this and blah, 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 versus the $20,000 client or whatever saying, yep, money sent. Thanks. I think we are on the same page now of those three things so far. The fourth thing that I want to talk about is being profitable right? Not throwing all of our money into our business and not getting any kind of return out of it, right? We need to get a return. We need to start building up our foundation of, of wealth, right? And something that I did, I think I did really well in the beginning was I wasn't super quick to purchase gear, okay? A lot of people, especially videographers, photographers, a lot of YouTube people, they're so quick to get that lens. They're so quick to get that new camera body. When most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, our clients could not tell whether someone's using a GH5 versus a red cinema camera. Not all the time. All right, don't, don't hold me to that with, with every single person. I know that's not the case. And I've, I've dealt with that. And I think I've talked about it on this podcast where I've had a client, I walked in with a Sony a7S II, they were expecting a red cinema camera and I had to put out that fire. And uh, they weren't happy at first. But when they saw the project, they were like, oh yeah, we didn't need that, okay? So a lot of the time, and, and, and don't get me wrong, some clients do. Most of the time, I would say maybe eight out of 10 times, they're not gonna know the difference. You know the difference, that's more fun for you, etc. Be a little bit more patient. You know, I think there's a time and place to spend that fun money, spend the money on gear and things, spend money on that really cool drone and, and do that for yourself because it's fun and when you're having fun, you're gonna produce more revenue. That's a, it's not tangible, that's a real fucking thing though. Even though it's, it's not super tangible, you can't calculate that out, right? Um, it's not like a Facebook ad where you know exactly what your return is versus the money that you're spending. Um, but it's important and it's also a write-off. So anyway, so in, in the beginning, I was really good at purchasing gear when I needed to purchase gear. And to give you an example, my very first wedding that I did, I got the wedding like the day before or the morning of, I don't, I don't quite remember, but I have a vlog about it if you wanna go watch it. Um, I, got, I got this wedding super last minute, it was my very first one. I had a broken thumb, I had a monopod, I didn't even have a gimbal, and I went out to Best Buy and quickly bought a 2470 for like $2,500 or some, something like that, and I returned it the next day after I used it for the wedding. I'm not telling you to do that, I'm not condoning it, I know that's not very ethical, but at the same time, I did what I needed to do. I knew I needed that lens to get that job done and do it well and give them a good product, but I also knew that I didn't need that lens every single day. I knew I didn't need that lens for different shoots that I had coming up unless I proved it to myself that I needed it, right? If I started to book multiple, multiple weddings over and over again, 
and I started to, then I bought the lens because the amount of times that, you know, I, first of all, you're not going to get away with buying it and then reselling it or, or not buying it and returning it. Um, all the time. You're just not going to get away with that. At some point I needed to make a purchasing decision and it just didn't make sense to, for me to rent that lens every single time I booked a wedding. Just did it. So I ended up buying it. But what kinds of, what kind of gear and things are you purchasing um, that maybe you don't need every single time, every single shoot? You know, we, we just get so caught up in like, oh man, once I get this 25 millimeter 1.2 or whatever the baddest lens is, I think it's 1.8 whatever. Once I get that, my shit's gonna be off the hook. It's gonna be lit. It's gonna, my work is gonna be the best work out of everybody. You know, it, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't do it. It doesn't work that way. So that's number four is starting to become more profitable and making the right purchasing decisions for what we actually need. What's an actual, what is a, a really good expense um, and or how can we be smarter with some of the equipment and needs that we need? How can we start pulling in more money? How can we make use of what we already have? Do we really need to up level that camera? Do we need to up level that lens? Do we really need a drone? You know, prove to yourself that you need a drone. Book that wedding for $3,000 first before you go and buy that drone, right? Um, so that's kind of where I think your mindset should be at. And, and then also, like I mentioned, on the digital product side with something like a Kajabi, you also have to know the, the, the purchasing decisions that are going to give you a legitimate ROI that are, are very important. You know, people are, are spending thousands of dollars on, on camera gear, but they're not going to get a subscription for 150 bucks a month that's actually going to provide a substantial amount of revenue in their lives and in their, in their business. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. So. What are those? What are those decisions that you're making in your own creative business in your life um, that are actual expenses that give you an ROI versus just some purchasing thing that um, you know doesn't really you don't really need. You can make do with what you have. So uh, I think taking giving doing a little audit um, with those decisions um, and figuring out how to become more profitable based off of those decisions are going to be huge. So that's number four. Number five is we need to start creating certainty. One of the biggest mistakes that I made when I was working doing client work is I have no model, right? And this is something that we're going to be covering in our, uh, in our workshop, in our free three-day workshop, is building something that is going to provide us with certainty. There's no such thing as certainty, no matter what you are doing, but you can create as close to certainty as you can. You can get closer to it and you can get further away from it, right? And the way that I had set up my client work, I was just doing one project after the next. Once I got that client, okay, let's try to get another client. Okay, let's try to get another client. Okay, let's just try to get another client, right? That is the fastest way to burn out. That is the fastest way, and that's what happened, right? I got burnt out. Now, I could have outsourced, 
I could have come up with a different model and I could have done a lot of things to start building that business and not being the solo person. But I decided to tra transition to creative coaching and selling digital products and spreading my message that I wanted to get out and help you guys that are listening right now and, and do that. You know, that called me, that spoke to me, and that would, this is what I'm passionate about and feel fulfilled in doing. I have a purpose here. I didn't feel that so much with doing the client work, right? And so we have to figure out how to create this more certainty and not just constantly go after the next client. And there's many ways that we can do this, right? The, the number one most popular way is coming up with some type of retainer. Right when you can get a client on a retainer, or or come up with some type of membership if you're in the digital product space. When you have a membership, you have a retainer. This is revenue that you can expect to come in every single month. And the reason why this is important to establish at some point, not right away. You know, start building that momentum. Start getting your first client, if you haven't even gotten your first client or first customer, right? You need to start building some credibility and start building your product and, and providing impact, right? But once you start doing that, it's time to think, okay, I need to create some certainty here. Because when you don't have certainty and you're in this just floating kind of space, you start to get back into that survival or reaction mode, and then you get down into the rabbit hole of making decisions that keep putting you back into this trap, this hamster wheel of, of doing the same things over and over again. Does that make sense? I hope that's making sense. So what can we do to start creating some certainty around our business where you can start expecting a certain amount of revenue to come in every single month because then once you start having that, then you can then you can build upon it and continue to build and build and build. And what's really cool with the digital product space is number one, for, for my programs and stuff, I have payment plans, right? And what's really cool about payment plans, there's a lot of negatives that people talk about in the digital product space when it comes to payment plans because unfortunately you have people that stop paying, right? They stop paying. Something happens, there's something that's going on in their personal life or whatever and they just end up stop paying. Paying, And that's part of the cost of doing business. That's going to happen. But most, and, and I can talk about this if, if you guys are, are actually interested in this. I don't know if you are. Um, but that has to do with the commitment to themselves, right? Being fully committed to them in their journey. When, when they, if someone comes off of a payment plan or if you have like a negative experience with a client and it revolves around money, more often than not, there's something going on. They're, they're feeling, they're super tight with cash. There's something that's going on in their personal life and they are self-doubting the, their own journey and their own commitment to uh, their goals and aspirations, right? Um, but what's really cool about payment plans is it, it almost creates a type of membership. And so when you launch this product or this service and you have payment plans coming in and you, still, and you continue to offer payment plans, they start stacking on each other. 
and then you launch the product or the service again, and they start stacking more, and you continue to build and build, and they continue to stack and stack and stack. This is when it starts to get really exciting because now you can start expecting a certain amount of cash every single month, and now you're out of reaction mode, and you don't feel like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta do this thing so I can make money so I can survive, right? That's a bad place to be. We don't wanna be there, we wanna get out of there as fast as possible. How can we get out of there, All right? And payment plans are also great because it's gonna get people in that couldn't quite afford your service upfront, but by giving them your service at that lower monthly flexible fee, they're still gonna get that transformation. They're gonna get the results, right? And if they're getting the results more often than not, uh, those payments are gonna become easier and easier and easier for them. And it's a win-win, right? So you're gonna get more people inside. Um, and then this is more for the digital product stuff. For client work, you can still do that. You can come up with a retainer. You know, if someone is like, doesn't wanna pay it all upfront, what can you do to make it easier for them and come up with some type of retainer? Or what you can do is you can do an upfront type of contract, but then maybe you offer something on the back end where for 200 or 500 bucks or a thousand bucks a month, you offer some type of service that doesn't take too much effort on your part that now they've paid that upfront fee and then you offer another service on the back end at a, at a, at a, a membership or a retainer, whatever you want to call it, it's the same fucking thing. Um, whatever you want to call it per month so that you can start getting the, the, that expect, call it expectation cash, right? So there's, there's many, many ways to create certainty for yourself or get as close to it as possible. And you want to start thinking about some of those things because it's going to get you out of uh, reaction mode, which is what we want. All right. Well, basically what I'm saying is don't let fear in the driver's seat. Put that motherfucker in the trunk and lock him up. All right. When fear is driving, you, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those, those videos of like those near death videos. That's what's happening, only it's happening in your, in your creative business, right? We don't want that. So that's, I think, round number five. I, th I think, I don't even remember, I'm not even going to list them all out I'll, I'll, I'll to you. All right, the last thing that I'm going to say is having some financial plan. And I'm not going to talk about this for very long because I've already made an episode about it, but um, a financial plan like the Profit First Method. If you don't have Profit First, go buy that book and it's gonna change your life. But having some type of financial plan that puts money away when you need it and puts money away to pay taxes and makes it easier mentally so it doesn't become like this frightening thing at the end of the year where you have to pay, you know, 30 grand to pay, and pay for taxes or pay 10, or whatever it is, whatever, whatever tax bracket that you're in, whatever scary number that scares you because it's all relative and you don't want to be in that position. So having some type of financial plan that makes paying taxes easy, makes going on vacation easy, makes paying your expenses for your business to keep it running, makes that easy, all that good stuff. What does that look like? So that's those are the things that I want to talk about in this episode to get you from broke to getting you to 
as close to certainty as you possibly can, right? And those are the elements, in my opinion, that have worked for me and that have provided me the freedom that I'm trying to continuously build more and more and more. You want to stack, keep stacking. Um, so I hope this was helpful. If it was, do me a favor, take a screenshot, tag me, let me know what that one thing that kind of stood out to you that maybe you didn't think about something that kind of shifted your perspective. Let me know, send me a DM and get inside of that free three-day workshop. I don't offer these very often and it's just an amazing way to connect with other people and we've got some unbelievable prizes for you as well in there. That's www.zackkravitzcoach.com slash track sell scale 2021. And if that's just too fucking long for you, it's too long for me. Just click the link in the description, sign up, and I'll see you inside and get started on March 2nd. Peace.